Today, we will review the Federal Consumer Credit Protection Agency, or what is called CCPA. Congress enacted the CCPA in order to protect us from what is called excessive wage garnishment. That is the general rule. The CCPA will not allow a garnishment against your disposable income greater than 25%. And that's uh, Section 15 USC 1673. However, the Child Support Agency was able through Congress to increase that limit to as much as 60% of your disposable income. So let's review how this impacts your rights. Hello, my name is Chris, and on this channel, we provide information on how the rules and statutes of the Child Support Agency comes into direct conflict with your rights. On this channel, we provide uh, education on legal writing, both private and public. We review case laws, precedents, statutes, and regulations. We also look at template, summons, complaints, and subpoenas and motions. Let's review what is called our non-lawyer maxim. The case known as NAACP versus Button. The decision of the court is that anyone who provides legal training or education cannot be subject to, subjected to a charge. Likewise, in the decision of Board of Examiners, uh, Sherry versus Board of Examiners clearly states that the practice of law cannot be licensed by any state. What this means is very simple, that we on this channel can provide you as much legal education that you think you may need in order to support or protect your rights. So let's continue. Let's start off with the Child Support Agency. Now, under the case law called U.S. versus SAGE, the justices in the Second Court of Appeals for New York states that child support agreements or contracts are equivalent to interstate and intrastate contracts, and they reject the idea that somehow child support payments belongs in a separate category. Again, the case is U.S. versus SAGE. As we have said on this channel, in the case law, Blessing versus Freestone, the, the Supreme Court have already decided that the Title IV Child Support Agency has nothing to do with the child or the custodial parent. So let's review the Child Support Enforcement Program. As you know, it's implemented in all 50 states and it operates with matching funds from the federal government. Approximately 66% of the cost of operating the program are funded by the federal government. Also, the federal government provides them with what is called incentive payments to encourage them to operate a more effective program. The, this child support program is administered both at the federal level, but it's also conducted in the states under what is called the Office of Child Support Enforcement. They may have other names, and it's administered either by the Department of Health and Human Resources. 
Regardless of whether it's managed uh, with federal employees within the state or county or state county uh, employees, they're all functioning and operating under what is called the color of law. The case law is Tongle versus Usury. We have a video on our on our channel that's called Know Your Rights. If you haven't reviewed that video or you'd like to review it again, we highlight and we talk about what does it mean to be operating under the color of law. The child support income withholding requirements. The details are found under section 466 of the child title Title 4D enforcement program. First, your employer is responsible for implementing the CCPA limits uh, within the state. And next, and this is very critical and pay attention, if your employer deposits your paycheck into an account, savings or checking account, the funds that are already in that account is subject to the child support agency's statutes and rules. That is, they could garnish that. So think about this. The child support agency was able to convince your legislators that without a judicial or administrative hearing under Section 466, that they could take additional funds from you without your permission. Again, we talk about our video, Know Your Rights. Your income. As you know, everyone is subject to what is called FICA. That's the Federal Insurance Contribution Act. Some people call it a tax, but it's not. It's, um, it's an insurance. And that is the Social Security and the Medicaid tax rates. The Social Security is 6.2% and the Medicaid is 1.45% for a total of 7.65 in 2009. That is your employer are required to deduct approximately $8,200 from your paycheck towards this FICA program. If you are self-employed, now here's the facts. You are responsible for now both sides of the program. That is, you now will be paying 15.3% of Social Security and 2.9% of your Medicaid. That is, you're paying both sides as if you're both the employer and the employee. That also goes for contractors as well. So keep that in mind as we go forward through this presentation. Disposable income as defined by the CCPA, and that is statute 15 U.S.C. 1672. What it basically states was Congress passed a CCPA that says of your disposable income, 25% is available for, for garnishment. Now, garnishment can be in the form of a car note or a loan, student loan, or a private loan, including mortgages. The speed limit was 25% under the CCPA. The child support agency and legislators got together and decided that they were going to circumvent this limit and usher in a new limit. As we said, it's about 16. We'll cover those limits. So understand this. You have a federally protected right at 25% limit, but for child support, they could go 
past that 25% speed limit. Now, we said earlier that the Supreme Court says that child support payments are no different than any other contract or agreement within the states. This is what happens with the CCPA. What they did was they decided that to put an exemption in the uh, the garnishment where they can remove up to 50% of your disposable income in order to satisfy a support order. If you have multiple support orders, they can attach up to 60% of your disposable or take-home pay. They went even further. If you have arrears, that is, you know, additional to your child support, they can attach up to 65% of your take-home pay. So think about that for a second and how cruel this program is. You are working for every dollar that you work past the payment of the FICA, Social Security and Medicaid, they can take up to 65% of your take-home pay. That is all you have left over. Now, let's review a few states to see how that plays out. We have looked at the program in all the 50 states. We have a list and we've compiled it. And so we're going to review just a few states. So let's start off with North Carolina. Under the states can provide what is called protection against garnishment. Uh, They could follow the CCPA rules or they could put what is called other protection in. Under North Carolina, 60% of your disposable income is exempt from any sort of garnishment. However, there's a fee charged by your employer in order to carry out this program, and and it is managed by your employer. In the case of North Carolina, 40% of the disposable income is now available for garnishment. So that's Uh, an increase of about 15% above the 25%, which is, it's not great, but it's okay. Um, You know, you can manage that. Uh, It could be adjusted a little bit lower, but it's still a high percentage, but it's just above that amount, the, the federal law. This is one of the better programs that we have reviewed. The other states has Uh, all sorts of other traps that goes into this. And so now now let's take a look at another state. New York. New York provides no protection. They follow the CCPA guidelines with the exemption for child support, and they charge a fee, which is they will take up to the 65% ceiling for New York State. In the case of a non-employee or self-employed, the sky's the limit. There is no safeguards for non-employees or contractors. And this falls under New York civil practice laws, 5241. So as I've said, there are states that provide some protection and there are states that provide no protection. So basically, New York is saying, come and get it, all of it, if you want to. In the state of Texas. Now, Texas protects up to 50% 
of your disposable income or half of it. However, they have other provisions. They will deduct what is called healthcare fees, a few county fees, anything that's somewhat mandatory. So you're left with less than 50% that is garnished. I mean, again, it's not bad. It's a little bit above that, but you know, and the case law, the codes for that is 158.009, 158.202. They also charge a fee. Your employer gets paid for administering this program. All of your issues and problems with your garnishment starts with the support magistrate or quasi-judge. We have said in earlier videos, they're a non-judicial officer. They're a non-financial officer, and yet they have the power in which to garnish up to 65% of your pay. Think for a second. If for every dollar that you bring home, 65% is subject to satisfy the child support payment. If your support ma magistrate makes a mistake on the calculation upwards, in essence, you are working relatively for free in order to satisfy a support order. That is why on this channel, our opinion is that the support magistrate can be sued for fraud. They're not a certified public accountant. They're not a tax preparer. They're not a bookkeeper. And they're definitely not a financial advisor. And yet they have the power in which to garnish your paycheck as well as take additional money once that paycheck is deposited in an account. We have a video where we review the five lawsuits that you could file uh, uh, against the child support agency. You can also file a lawsuit against the support manager, as well as number five, your employer. Your employer are involved or, as they say, working with the child support agency and also receiving a fee for collecting it as a collection agency. Again. They are collecting fees, your employer, as a collection agency. Isn't that could, should be considered negligence and a fraud case for, again, operating without a collections license? This brings us to our page, which we call Call to Action. It's where we provide tips and techniques and some recommendations that we, what we feel could help you in your process. First, uh, Get access to the Justice Department of Justice letter as well as the color of law document. Contact your employer human resources department and ask them to provide you all documents relating to the garnishment of your paycheck so that you can review. Once you have assembled all of that, prepare a draft letter asking your employer to consider lowering the withholding calculations. Unfortunately, there are no formal process. Congress did not put in a formal process in which for you to work with your employer. So basically, uh, you're at um, pretty much you have to find some way to work with your employer. Next, if you want to, to review your state limits and your state guidelines, please, please feel free to send us an email. We've reviewed all 50 states uh, in relation to child support and the protection under the CCPA. 
And for any other reason that you have questions or comments, please feel free to email us. Uh, we review and research materials, and from time to time, we will select the appropriate and relevant uh, case laws that will help you in your fight with the child support agency. We ask that you subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, in addition, we're also asking for a small donation of about $25 or any amount that would help us to continue our research. This brings us to the end of this presentation. There are other videos directly on this link that you could take advantage of and review other programs. Thanks.